Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to another week. Hey, Jewel. Hey, kid. (laughs) I don't know. I have this like energy. I don't know if it's because I got so much sun today or if it's because it's so late, but I am just, I'm in an unbelievable mood right now. I love that. We've been like really, I feel like the last, I don't know, the last three hours, a lot of stuff just randomly happened and I feel like I'm on a high. Yeah, you you are. You know? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Okay, so for today, let me just say, there's not a crazy amount of stories, but a decent amount to talk about. Isabel's going to come in before the award ceremony and we're going to talk all things Bravo, a lot of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills stuff to get into. Um, Don't worry, in the Kardashian recap, we're going to go through the whole Tristan Chloe situation. I know that got super messy. And I also just wanted to use it, honestly. Very confusing. I, I don't think I fully got it until we had to like research it for this. I still don't think I fully get it. <laughs> Same. Um, and I also want to make just one kind of housekeeping announcement, which I think everybody will be really happy to hear. So as you guys know, back in the day when K- Kardashians was airing on Sunday nights, you know, we had our bonus shows on Monday and we had our regular episode on Wednesday. And Once everything changed, we moved the regular episode to Mondays, which is staying the same. And because Kardashians were airing on Thursday nights, we had the Kardashian bonus show on Friday. But since there's not going to be a new episode of Kardashians till September, and the Kardashian episodes we're doing are very evergreen, we decided that the Kardashian bonus shows are now going to air on Thursdays because I just think people are less inclined to listen on the weekends. It gives it enough time to breathe without, you know, separating it by five full days and this, I think everybody will be happy to hear that, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Yeah. So just wanted to let you guys know, starting this week, the Kardashian episodes will come out on Thursdays. You ready? Let's do it. So you guys know, you know, last week, we obviously spoke at length about the Cara Delevingne-Ashley Benson breakup. And it was confirmed on May 6th. We're not sure exactly when it happened, but we went through the whole timeline. So what happened since then, which I'm sure you know by now, is on May 14th, picture surfaced of Ashley kissing g Easy in a car. And it was a video that was published by Daily Mail. And basically they had picked up food together at the Apple Pan in LA and you see them in the car kind of kiss. So what we learned is that Ashley and g Easy apparently became close after they collaborated on a cover of Creep, which is a Radiohead song. And g Easy had posted that to his YouTube page on April 21st. So it's been about a month, allegedly, you know, kind of if we're tracking that timeline. Right. So, Apparently they were friends before. Like I don't, I don't think that was their first um, like interaction together. But I think that they've gotten close, whether it's as friends or whatever, since then. Right. And you know, the only thing we had really heard from Ashley regarding this is that 
she seemed to deny that there was anything going on between them because she liked an Instagram that read, quote, you can't say that they're dating just because of a like and some comments. Can't Ashley have friends now? Stop saying Ashley cheated or even Kara. They just need friends right now more than ever. And so, you know, we hear that. And then after a source told E, quote, Ashley and GEZ aren't dating, but are definitely hanging out and having fun right now. It's a good distraction for Ashley. They connected after working together recently, but have been friends for a while now and also have a few mutual friends. It's definitely nothing serious, but they're enjoying their time together right now. So we will get into a GEZ timeline in a second, but I feel like first, Jewel, we should talk about Kara's story. Yes. So, you know, when all this was happening, what Ashley was getting a lot of hate because they were one of the couples that had a real kind of like, they had, they had stands. Do you think that's a good way to put it? Yeah, they definitely had stands. I mean, they were a huge couple. And I think, you know, they had stands of their relationship in general, but each individual has stands too. Yeah, they do. But th- for some reason, it was like people were really obsessed with them as a couple. And I don't mean for some reason, because I get it. I kind of was too. Like, I just think they were a really cool couple. I think anybody who Cara Delevingne dates has that kind of effect in a way. Yeah, I so agree. They were, they were just like a cool, hot couple. Right. And so, you know, everybody, when, when the pictures of Jeezy and Ashley came out, people really started flooding Ashley with really negative, mean comments. You guys know how we always say it's so fucked up that this happens, but it does. And Kara posted on her story and said, it's more important now than ever to spread love, not hate. To everyone hating on at Ashley Benson, please stop. You don't know the truth. Only her and I do. And that's exactly how it should be. Ashley then reposted that story with the heart at Cara Delevingne. So, and by the way, I have to say, do you remember last week when we were talking about this, we said that regardless of what's going on behind the scenes, I don't see a world in which either of them are shady toward each other publicly. Yeah, because they're just not those type of people. Right, like I just don't think that that's the vibe that they want to kind of convey. No, I don't think so either. And I think the thing about, I think the thing about dating when you're a celebrity is that the normal things that would like typically not be an issue, for example, like kissing somebody else in a car where it's like, okay, no one's going to see that, right? Like we're out getting food. I kiss them in a car, whatever, not a big deal. It's always going to get back. So whether you're trying to be shady or not, it always has some sort of after effect. Right, exactly. So like, I don't think that it was Ashley being shady or trying to intentionally hurt Cara. I just think that it happened. And because they're celebrities, it inevitably got back to her. I totally agree. Um, Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people there was like this whole false narrative. I don't know if you saw this, but I was kind of going deep in Twitter where people were like, Ashley staged those shots, like just to get back at Kara. And like, no, I don't have proof, but personally, that's not a narrative that I believe at all. No, I don't think so either. The thing is that like, when you have stands, quote unquote, is that like, if they're not getting information about a breakup, it doesn't mean they're going to stop. They're going to start to create their own narrative. And that's mm-hmm. what happened here, I think. No, exactly. That's why That's why sometimes... Like we always talk about this, that I think there's a certain like silence that's classy in terms of wanting to keep it private. But when it goes on for too long, it can actually do a disservice because like you said, people start to make fantasies up as if they're reality. Right. And especially during a time like this where there's very little going on and people are like so want entertainment and so want something to just do and keep them busy. Of course, they're going to start to create this narrative. It's, it's become an activity for them. It exactly. happens when we're not in quarantine, let alone during this. Right. So I wanted to just take a second because, you know, personally for me, I don't don't know if you felt this way. We didn't speak about it yet. I think that like the, you know, the stands or the people that were going at Ashley would have gone at her regardless. But I think the fact that it was G-Eazy like aggravated them a little bit more. 
And I don't know if you felt that way at all. No, I did. I mean, I think the thing is, you know, he's someone who has had a lot of kind of like highly publicized relationships or flings. And the general vibe is kind of that like, he's just not the guy you want to be with, you know? Like he just does not have a good reputation, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know much about him. The only thing I know really about him um, is when Halsey commented something on an Instagram, like replied to a comment and basically said that it was an abusive relationship and also yelled at a a fan at a concert when it was like, her pre-Super Bowl concert in Miami. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so she, we had like the Instagram post that she commented was somebody was commenting his name in the comment section. And she replied to the person and said, I see y'all in the comments. I hope, I know you think you're funny because you're at home on your iPhone and I'm not a real human being to you. I hope to God you never have to experience an abusive relationship. And if you do, I hope the world is kinder to you than you are to me. So right. like, I mean, listen, that's our, that's our taste of g Easy. You know what I mean? Like he was linked to Demi Lovato at one point. He was linked to Megan Thee Stallion, but like, we don't know much about him. No, the only thing we really know about him is two things. Number one, Haley Halsey outlined the relationship as being abusive. She didn't specify, but regardless. And we don't know much about Demi Lovato because a lot of it was just a rumor. But at the time, people were very, very concerned about them being together because they felt like he was such a bad influence on her. You know, right. Do you remember that? There was like uproar within the Demi Lovato stan community. Yeah, I do remember. And I remember you and I talking about that on, a po- on the podcast a long time ago. Yeah. I also just, just because it's like funny, I think that, so Megan the Stallion was rumored to be dating him earlier this year. And what happened was they were spotted at a club together in February. And the shade room, I think, was the first one who got this video of them in the club. And it was like, you very clearly see him going in, trying to make a move on her and she's just not having it. And since then it has gone absolutely viral on TikTok. If you're on TikTok, you've seen the video, I'm pretty sure. The other thing that was happening was he has deleted this video, but he had posted a video of him and Megan in bed, kind of cuddling together. He was kissing her face and she tweeted on February 4th, LOL, right now y'all got your jokes out, but I'm not fucking g Easy." And then a month later on March 5th, she was on Hot 97's Ebro in the morning and she says, it wasn't a fling. It wasn't a club jump off. You know, people be turned up in the comments. G-Eazy is cute, but I just want to be single right now. Gerald is a great guy, which by the way. Gerald, I know. I was today years old when I learned that his name was Gerald. Imagine being G-Eazy, but your real name is Gerald. I mean, it makes sense, right? Why you would go I guess, but like, I mean, I guess the G part of it does, but like, how are you going to be G-Eazy and be Gerald? I, I don't know. Those are got, two very different personas to take on. Oh, absolutely. But you know, yeah, you're right. It's not, even, but it's not even like daytime and nighttime. It's like you are in, you guys were not friends in high school. Like, you know. You mean Gerald and Jeezy? Yeah, like they were yeah, sitting at opposite, opposite lunch tables. Yeah, no, Gerald was an AP, like US history and Jeezy was, you know. Like skipping class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also I think that like, Gerald probably just did not like Jeezy. You know what I mean? Like he was just no, like, I am. No. He, but Gerald right? always secretly wanted to be Jeezy. Yeah, I think he probably thought that he was really cool. But then Jeezy was probably secretly kind of jealous of Gerald because the things that he had to work hard at kind of came naturally to him. If I'm just, this was just me hypothesizing, but you know, that's a conversation for another time. Um, but what I wanted to say on this, my whole general take in, in separate, you know, things is, listen, I don't know enough about Cheesy, but what I'm going to tell you is I don't have a good vibe. I believe Halsey entirely. And I'm just happy that, 
I hope that this thing with Ashley is short-lived because I just think coming from Kara, she can do a lot better. Again, I totally trust her judgment, but that's just my vibe. And the second thing I want to say is while I'm really upset about the Kara and Ashley breakup, I do hold out hope and like stand with my statement that I really think that they will handle this with a lot of class in public at least. Yeah, I agree. And I think in private, I, I don't know. They just strike me as both good people. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, okay. Moving on to other relationship news. I want to talk for a second about the Mary-Kate Olsen divorce. Julie? Boy, is this confusing, huh? Let me tell you something. You want to know what this made me realize more than anything? What? How little we know about the Olsons. This did not... First of all, do you know my thing with the Olsons? No. I'm there. I think they are the most elusive people in Hollywood. I am absolutely obsessed with them. And all I think about is how little we know about them. We know, you know, it's crazy because for people who took up such a massive part of both of our childhoods, we have really such limited information. It's almost infuriating. It's crazy, but it's, it's, it's the reason they are who they are. Like, I think about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen constantly, like literally constantly, because if you think about their careers when they were younger, it was unmatched. No one had a career like them. When you think about the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, the thing that you forget that I literally am so obsessed with is the fact like when you have people like Mary-Kate and Ashley and they've done that many movies, you kind of think of it as like, okay, it's a series. Like they were putting out what a movie a month. Like you think of it, it's a series. Like, but they didn't play the same character in every movie. They weren't released by the same production company. Like every movie they did was just a different movie and they were in a million of them. I mean, Julie, it was Holiday in the Sun. It was Passport to Paris. They were coming out faster than we could have ever imagined. And also, by the way, at that time, it's still to us, little Michelle Tanner, you know, being in witness protection. And they also had books. No, it was. They had to And that's the thing about this divorce when we get into it is that like everyone's talking about how like her, her husband or ex-husband now, or will be ex-husband, is this millionaire French bank- banker. The Olsons are worth each a quarter of a million at least, at least. They are worth, Mary-Kate is worth so much more than he is. I know, people hear French banker and they think, like little do they fucking know this girl has been working since she was born, quite literally. I mean, the, the reason they have an ironclad prenup is not to protect his money. I know, let's get into it. So as most of you probably know, Mary-Kate has been married to this guy, Oliver Sarkozy. She's 33, he's 50. I only mention that because their age difference was really a topic of conversation when they first started dating. So background on him, he's a French banker. He lives in the US. His half-brother is Nicolas Sarkozy, who is the former president of France. He has two kids from a previous marriage and his net worth is reportedly around 60 million. Like Julie said, Mary-Kate has been estimated around 250 million. So Neither of them, like money is not an issue here in terms of if they have enough. So let's just go on a quick timeline because then I want to get into the details. But, and I guess I should add, like everything we know is very top line because it's not like at any point these real details were divulged, you know? No, not at at no point. Like I literally, I forgot that I even knew they were married. When they announced their divorce, I was like, I don't think I realized that they ever got married until I was looking back at the research and I was like, oh yeah, I did know this at the time. I have to tell you, one of the times I really remember being like, holy shit, was being at the Knicks game and seeing them because they were notoriously always sitting courtside. And I remember I was sitting like behind them, not not like not right behind them, but I looked over and I see this like 
short girl with hair just like hers. And I see this really tall guy. And I said to Thomas, I was like, I am pretty sure that's Mary-Kate Olsen and her fucking husband. And it was. Do you know my thing that if I could pick one celebrity to see on the street, it would be Mary-Kate? Because I don't think it's Mary-Kate and Ashley. I don't think it's the most illogical thing because they live in the city, but no one ever sees them. I think that's why it's so fascinating because they live in the city. It's not like they live in some rural town. No, they live in the city. They're just the most elusive people in Hollywood to me. And I remember we had this conversation once and I was saying to you that if I could see anybody on the street, it would be them. And then later that day, somebody inboxed us a picture of the two of them walking on the street for no reason. There was no comment on it. It was the weirdest thing ever. Do you remember that? Yeah, you were like, shit, our FBI agent is good. (laughs) So weird to me. So anyway, so in 2012, they met at a party. Apparently it was an instant connection. Again, this is really, we're just going on what we read. Later that year in November, it was the first paparazzi picture of them together. They were courtsided in Nick's game. I don't remember, but this could have been the one I saw them at. Who knows? Um, In March 2014, so that's two years later, Mary-Kate is seen with an engagement ring. So we know for a fact the next year they're married. And interestingly enough, Bob Saget, Mary-Kate's TV father in Full House, obviously, confirmed it during his appearance on the Today Show. And he said, quote, I was not invited, but I'm very happy. And I sent a Mazel Tov text. I'm very happy. I love her very much. I hope they're happy. Which like the fact that Danny Tanner is coming in to confirm it is just, I can't. I know. <laughs> also, so, like, I can't believe that Drake Bell had the audacity to be offended that he wasn't invited to Josh's wedding when Bob Saget wasn't invited to, uh, to Mary-Kate's. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's offensive. Stay in your fucking lane. Yeah, I totally agree. He should have walked her down the goddamn aisle. I know. So according to page six, it was a small ceremony. It took place at their home in New York. There were about 50 guests and they said it was kind of just cocktails. They had a, you know, a dinner in the back garden, et cetera. And quote, the celebration was stocked with bowls and bowls filled with cigarettes and everyone smoked the whole night. This is a source told page six. I love the details. I love that detail. That's what I picture Lana Del Rey's wedding to be like too. Yeah. (laughs) All attendees were required to turn off their cell phones before entering the event. So that was in 2015. Four years later, the last public appearance they had together was in May, 2019, when they went to the International Global Champions Tour in Madrid and Mary-Kate was in the horseback riding competition. Like, what? Yeah, I didn't know she did horseback riding competitions. I'm learning. I just was learning so much about them. When the, when yeah, we I guess it doing- makes sense because if you remember the last ever episode of Full House is when Michelle falls off her horse. Mm-hmm. Wow. She really stuck with it. She got back on the horse. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> now bringing you up to current day with the divorce. So... Apparently, Mary-Kate signed a petition to divorce him on April 17th, but because of what's going on with corona, the New York courts haven't been accepting divorce filings, except for in cases of emergency. So, and again, this is according to TMZ. Apparently, Mary-Kate says her attorneys received an email from his lawyers saying that she needed to move out of the couple's apartment by May 18th, which is, if you're listening to this podcast today, Apparently, her lawyers um, asked that he extend the deadline to May 30th, since she can't meet the deadline due to the stay-at-home mandates in the city, and apparently he hasn't responded. So she also claimed that he terminated their lease without her knowledge, which, if this is true, like it just seems very messy. But I have a question, and this could be a dumb question, I'm not sure, but why can't she just take over the lease? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, wouldn't that be the logical solution? It's not like she doesn't have money to take over. If he's terminating the lease, then why wouldn't she just take it over? Why couldn't she just logically take it over? I don't know. 
Right. Unless she didn't. Yeah, that is an, I didn't even think of that point. That's very interesting. Okay. So then the documents of reportedly stated that the one way that she can protect her property is by filing the divorce petition, which would then, quote, trigger an automatic court order preventing him from disposing of her property, which the fact that it even got to this just feels unfortunate to me, you know? Yeah. Also, especially because we don't, that's the other thing. We don't know anything about their relationship. We don't know what led to this point. Right. And so she says in this emergency divorce filing, Quote, I'm petrified that my husband is trying to deprive me of the home that we have lived in. And if he's successful, I will not only lose my home, but I risk losing my personal property as well. And important, the filing also added that, quote, she's gravely concerned that my husband will dissipate, dispose of, and or secret, not only my separate property belongings, but also our marital property belongings that are in the Gramercy apartment. My husband is trying to force me out of our home by his failure to renew the lease on the Gramercy apartment, which he terminated without my consent. Okay, this may be really stupid, like way more than what you said, but maybe it already is rented, like there's a new tenant. Yeah, possibly. That's the only thing I can think of. It's very messy, and it's one of those things where, like, obviously we only have so much knowledge of divorce law. Like, there's only so much that we know, so I don't know. It it gets messy when there is legal terms and legal things being thrown around and you don't understand them. No, I don't fully understand. I mean, we obviously research this, but I can't, like, how how am I supposed to gauge whether or not what I'm about to say, which is that the judge denied her request, meaning that she had to find a way to move her belongings and find a new place to live in ASAP. So clearly, I guess the quote emergency wasn't um, viewed as much of an emergency by the court, you know? Right. Because, well, basically during this time, it's not, they were saying when they explained this, that it's not a case of domestic violence. It's not a case of her not having another option or a means to get a place to live. It's so it doesn't fall under the category of an emergency, which does make sense. Right. It says that as for my Mary Kate's request was denied, people shares that her divorce filing quote did not rise to the level of a true emergency. And it says, and a uh, a lawyer kind of explained this and he said, quote, domestic violence is an emergency. Perhaps refusing to provide health care is an emergency. I want to be divorced because I want to be divorced now is not an emergency. If she really had no place else to live, that might have attracted the judge's attention. Right. This is like, I got to tell you, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler should be thanking her. Yeah. I mean, the thing with, their relationship always seemed off to me. And it wasn't the age difference. If there's anybody in the entire world that doesn't care about an age difference, it's me. There was just something that always seemed off. I totally agree with you. I think also, this is a really weird thing to say, and I don't know if it's going to come across. We may have to cut it out. I don't know if it's going to like, my point is going to come across well, but almost because they're so quiet and they're so private, you almost and maybe it's like totally just a me thing. I almost felt the sense when I saw them together because she never was like openly gloating about him. I almost felt like, do we have to save her from this situation? Like it never, it just felt eerie in a way. I don't know. It did feel eerie. Like, I don't know if I ever felt like she needed to be saved, but it just didn't feel right. Yeah. Not because he's like some sort of a, a bad guy. It wasn't even that. I I don't know. It's it like when you don't- off, right? It's like, you can't explain it, but like, you know. Yeah. I mean, again, what do we know? But that's that's how I felt. So listen, this is going to continue to develop. This is one of the situations where we know so little because they are so private, but I'm very curious to see how this goes down. Me too. Me too. God, this sh- the shit that I would do for like an Ashley Olsen sit down with Mary-Kate's permission. I mean, the shit that I would do for any ounce of information coming from either of them. I know. The fact no. that we even know this information is in the grand scheme of 
who they are and how much information we've gotten from them. Quite frankly, it's amazing. It's insane that we even have this. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I hope, I really do send her all the best. I hope that this works out. I just, it feels messy and we'll keep you guys updated as we know more, but really it's wishful thinking to, to think that we'll know any more than this. Right. Exactly. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Moving on to happier relationship news, Justin and Helen. The happiest. Oh, God damn. So as you guys know, Justin and Haley are doing this Facebook watch series called The Beavers on Watch. And in this episode, they kind of spoke about their past regrets and things that they wish they could go back and change. And Justin said, you know, there were a lot of things that he could change. And he said, quote, I don't regret anything because I think it makes you who you are and you learn from things. If I could go back and not have to face some of the bad hurt that I went through, I probably would have saved myself for marriage. And he says, like, I know that that sounds crazy, but I think that sex can be kind of confusing when you're being sexually active with anybody. And Haley's response to that, she was like, quote, I don't know if I'd say the same, but we had different experiences with everything. I do agree with the fact that being physical with someone can make things more confusing. Okay. We, you and I actually haven't talked about this yet, right? No, we have not. I want to hear, I know like you're, I want to hear from you hundred percent. I just want to f- start by asking you a question. Yes. Was any part of you surprised to hear Dustin say that? No. Same. Okay. Not you take that one. You go first. I think that, well, first of all, I think that so much of the idea of saving himself for marriage or like wishing that he could has to do more with Haley than like the confusion of sex. And I think that, you know, Justin obviously went through so much prior to Haley and he worked on himself so much. And I think that of all of the, you know, problems that he had previously, drugs, alcohol, whatever, I think he very much includes sex in that list of things. So mm-hmm. I think for him, you know, what he had to get over and what he had to get through, sex wasn't a positive for him always. And I'm, that's not to say he never, he didn't have positive sex. It's not to say that like he and Selena didn't have an important relationship, whatever they may have done. But it's just to say that like in his list of things that messed him up, sex is included in that. And I think that now that he's on the other side of it with Haley and somebody he really loves and he knows what it's like to have sex when you're in love, in love with your soulmate, I think that everything kind of previous I don't think that he regrets it, but I think that if he knew how good it would have been, I think he would have saved himself. I totally agree. And I think what you said is really true. Like not when I, when he, when he was speaking about this to me, like I didn't, Selena didn't jump out to me. Like, I don't think he regrets that relationship or like they had very emotional, I mean, seemingly emotional sex clearly. But what I thought the most telling line was when he said, when you're sexually active with anybody, which basically means like 
he was sleeping with fucking anything because anybody would sleep with him. It was so simple. I mean, think about like, you know how that stuff works. Like you sign an NDA, you go in, you're in and out. And he was in, you know, touring a million cities. Like I just, I just think that he lost the meaning of it for a while there. And I think that also he was probably using sex as a way to numb pain. And I think that knowing that in retrospect, it probably isn't something that he's proud of. Totally. Um, and then, you know, she posted, he posted a picture of her said, dear Haley, as I lay here, you sleep next to me. I think to myself, how did I get so blessed? Your humility, joy, and desire to grow blows me away. I'm honored to be your husband. I promise to love you all the days of our lives. Good night, Haley. I hope you read this in the morning and smile. You're my forever. I can't, I can't handle it. I really can't. I know. Like, I know that the haters are like, does he need to post that on Instagram? This, that, all the bullshit. You know what? Let him live. Like this guy finally fucking found this woman that he's madly in love with. He's never been happier. Like, let him live. God. Have you been watching your Facebook show? Yeah, I haven't been watching it religiously, but I watched this part. They are, they're just so sweet together. Like when they're, when, did you watch the one where Haley gives him a facial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're just like, they just, I don't know. There's just something about them. I love the way he is with her. I love how much he loves her. I love how much she loves him. I'm just obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with how much content we're getting from them, period. Today when he went live with Chance, are you kidding me? No, you guys, Julie was not, was not good. They were literally talking about the Bible and I'm like, oh my God, stop. You know, Julie, Julie's like, like Isabel texted and she's like, someone check on Julie. And Julie's like, no, like I'm really, I'm having a moment. I mean, those are like your top two. Yeah. What I say to Isabel, I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, yeah, they're turning, they're talking about literally the Bible and I'm still turned on. It's like the Instagram live equivalent of when his chain hits you when he's on top. When he's on top. (laughs) Do you know something funny, by the way, like total side note is so, okay, let me just preface by saying, if you, if you guys aren't on TikTok, you should know that there's this trend where girls, like apparently it's a universal thing where um, straight women think it's really hot or the majority of straight women think it's really hot or at least the majority of straight women on TikTok when guys are on top and their necklace is dangling over your face. And it was kind of one of those moments where like, nobody, like tell me if you think this is a fair description. Not everybody knew that everybody else was turned on by this. Yeah. I also yeah. think it takes on a different meaning when you're Jewish and it's a cross. Right, right, right. But no, that's not something about that. But like, yeah, I didn't, I actually didn't, I always had that feeling and I never realized until I saw it on TikTok that it was a thing. Right, but so I think everybody was having that collective feeling like, wait a second, that turns you on too? And I was fucking screaming because when Thomas and I were dating, like he he's very much not Jewish. Like he wore a big gold cross necklace. And I remember saying like, I know this is so weird, but there's something about that cross being over me that makes me feel like it's even hotter. Like, I don't know what it is. And then when I'm seeing this, I'm like, oh my God, this is my fucking high school, like fantasy slash reality really just coming in in droves, you know? That's my favorite thing about TikTok and memes. It's like, you have all of these little things that you don't even really think about. And then all of a sudden when other people do it too, it's like, why are we all the same? Like, I thought this was such like a little weird thing that like, I never really thought too much about, but I always liked. And then I see everyone else is into it too. It's so like, it makes you feel like a sense of camaraderie, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, it makes you feel, I don't know. There's so many little things like little, little, like a TikTok that always gets me is when people are like, I'm about to bring back a childhood memory that you never had. And it's like the Mary Kate and Ashley toothpaste that you had. And you're like, how the fuck did you guys know that I didn't know that I had that memory? Yeah, exactly. I know. It's It's so crazy. It's so, or like the eating the Polly Pockets. Yes. I love to chew on those fuckers. Yeah, same. 
So anyway, you guys know we fucking go hard for this couple. Again, if they break up, let us look stupid for believing in them so hard, but we really do. And also, like, if they ever break up, do not say anything to me because I'll be depressed and I'll take it as bullying if you're going to inbox us and say, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, I would scared. literally not be okay. I would be so mad at anybody who did that to me. Yeah, no, they won't do that. I think our, I think our listeners are really good people. I think everyone will be upset. Honestly, I think you all will. You may not want to admit it, but you'll be upset. I think so. Strictly, even if it's just for the content. Like if true love dies, you're obviously going to be upset. <laughs> um, okay, next thing that we wanted to really just quickly mention is... So obviously, you know, reports a couple months ago come out that Sophie Turner's pregnant. Neither her nor Joe have spoken on it. But last week, the first pictures of them in public surfaced. And it clearly looks like she has a baby bump. They haven't spoken on it. So we're not going to speak too much on it. But that was kind of a holy shit moment. Yeah, it was the same. It was a very similar moment. Remember when obviously we knew Kylie was pregnant, but there was no proof. And then we finally saw that baby bump. And we Mm -hmm. were like, oh my God. It's like, I knew it. But this one ounce of validation is the craziest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah, totally. Last thing we wanted to just quickly mention before we do the Real Houses of Beverly Hills conversation is this whole graduate together thing, which was basically, you know, because of the fact that the class of 2020 can't have an actual graduation, a lot of different platforms are putting on these virtual graduation ceremonies. And CNN did this one. And Julie, I just want you to talk for like 30 seconds about LeBron. Like, no. Aside from him being one of the hottest things I've ever seen in my life, which is just like the bare minimum of who he is as a person, I've just, no one impresses me as much as LeBron does. There is just so much to his character that I'll never be able to get over because I just think he is so great. I cannot sing his praises more. I totally agree with you. LeBron James is a class act. He's someone I really, I just think he's a special person. He is. Truly. He is. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, Isabel, you there? Ah, time for my break, girls. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited. I know. So as you guys know, every week we're doing a little bit of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and sometimes other Bravo-related things. And listen, Beverly Hills aired on Wednesday. This episode is coming out on Monday. We're not going to go through and give a scene-by-scene recap like we would do with Kardashians because if you're listening to this, you know what happened. But what we're going to do is we'll talk about what happened a little, we'll give our reactions, and 
Because so much of this stuff unfolds on social media while the episode is airing, Isabel has kind of compiled a good little social media roundup, and we're going to interject those as we're talking about it because it really just makes it so much more interesting, I think. Totally. I'm going to say something really bold. I think this was the one of the best Bravo weeks on Twitter and on Instagram that I've seen in such a long time. I think you're right. Also, our Bravo followers went up a lot. I think people were really like craving the content. There's so much going on. And because I think it all has a lot of it has to do with that everyone's home and like not really doing a lot of other things, meaning the Bravo Lebs. So like they are all live tweeting, commenting beyond. It's crazy. No, it's wild. And to get into. I want to just set, give full credit to Isabel because she really like curates that Bravo feed. I mean, I occasionally pop in, but it's really her. And I think you're just doing such a good job. Oh my God. Thank you. I mean, I like, I've been training for this for years. So it's for your entire life. It's the best thing ever. Um, okay. okay. This, yeah. This episode is fucking wild. Oh my God. Beverly Hills. Like something that when I'm watching that show, my, I feel like my endorphins are just like, I am so happy when I watch that show. It feels like I'm watching the Oscars in the weirdest way. Like, I'm so excited for it all day. I sit down. I'm glued to the TV. I'm looking at every detail. Especially now, I said this to my family we were watching the other day. Like, I can't stop looking at everyone's manicures. Because <laughs> I'm so jealous. Like, usually, you know, I obviously notice if it's something different. But, like, I, I just can't even... I can't stop looking at everyone's nails. But then the Beverly Hills women, they have the hair, the makeup, the outfits. It's just, It's just my happy place. It's also, they, they always say that one of the reasons the Beverly Hills did so well is because of, you know, the level of glam and extravagance and how people felt like it existed in another world. But specifically now, because the idea of like getting glam feels like another lifetime because of what's been going on, it, it, it's almost more of an escape. Okay. Let's talk about this episode quickly. I think the best part that for us to discuss is um, like the second half of the episode when they are going to Amelia and Delilah, Lisa Renna's daughter's clothing line launch party which is like a two it's a three-part night they started at erica's playhouse in in hollywood which is by the way so cool you want to know who designed it actually who um roxy swolati from rich kids of uh beverly what is it called rich kids of instagram beverly hills beverly hills wow i didn't know that yeah so They went there, then they were going to the DNA launch party, and then they were going to dinner after with Lisa's mom, Lois, who, by the way, I've never seen more comments about like a non-wife cast member. Lois, everyone was just dying for Lois, no matter what. Because she's adorable. I have to I have to just I feel like it's the smart move to preface this by saying Isabel and I have never been shy in saying that we typically are big time Kyle supporters. And we always really see things the way that she sees it. Like I think if we had to choose one cast member who we're the most consistent with in terms of being aligned with their thought process, it's Kyle. And so something that was really going on during this episode was just the fact that we found ourselves disagreeing with her and it was a little bit hard. So if oh that comes God. up, just like know that that was the lens that we were going through like, this. Week. Know that it's really painful for me to disagree with her because it's the first time it's happened in 10 seasons pretty much. Like mm-hmm. to this level, you know, of course, like little things here and there, but you never know until you're in someone's shoes. But this, I just, there's a lot of things. Okay. So they get, so they're at Erica's, like whatever it is, her pretty mouse playhouse. And, um, you know, they're there, they're schmoozing Rinna and Kyle makeup, which thank God, like, didn't you just feel so relieved when that happened? 
Yeah, I was very unsettled. It's like a lot of people can fight, but when Rin and Kyle go at it, I'm like, you guys, you got to chill. Like, I can't handle this. I felt like it was my parents fighting and I was listening from the other room and I was like, please make up. And they did. And that made me really happy. Yeah. Um. Then they get, okay. I thought this whole storyline with Sutton and Joey Maloof and Rin- and Rinna was so interesting. Like, I love when they bring in a third-party person in general, but then that the fact that I, like, kind of know of him already and know about him, and I watched him with Rachel Zoe for years, I watched him with Rinna for years, I think, I think I follow him on a couple of my accounts that I have logged in here, so, like, I'm seeing his content. I, yeah. I, I loved that. A good comparative comparison for who he is in the scheme of things, different roles, but I'm saying like in terms of, I feel like how connected we are to him just in the whole scheme is like him to Lisa in a different way is almost like Mikey uh, Midland to Erica. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like a makeup by Ariel to Kylie. Right. Oh, I could do know? this all day. It's like a Mario <laughs> to Kim. You, like, you want to go on <laughs> Exactly. It's a Harouche to Chloe. It's <laughs> just like a makeup artist. What? Do you guys just mean glam person? No, no my, my, like, in a different like, is way. Is that the comparison you're making? Like no. Mikey's not even a glam person. It's just it's just saying like a, a person who's in their inner circle as some in some sort of professional capacity that's also and, a- and who has you know, I think this is kind of the norm with when you have a glam team, but has really stepped far over that line of just like being a working professional relationship to way more than that. And yeah. I love this because it kind of shows like you know, these women have lives outside of the show and relationships outside of what we see. So, you know, they're wheeling and dealing on the on the side. <laughs> Julie, did you just hear her say wheeling and dealing? <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? No, I just oh, love your Show me I the lie. I love your phrases. Okay, so keep going. Okay. They so Sutton and Joey Maloof. Wait, is that his name? Joey Maloof. It gets confusing. Adrian Maloof, whatever. Joey Maloof and Sutton had a bad business deal fall through, and I guess they just haven't spoken. They're on bad terms. And Rinna like started talking about there might be a collaboration, and it sparked in Sutton's mind that maybe Joey would be there. And she started freaking out and Dorit and on their way walking to the party. And Dorit is next to her and she's kind of like whispering it to Dorit, being like, oh my God, I'm gonna freak out. I thought that was, and so they get to the dinner, which was fine. It didn't strike me. It didn't strike you as anything like that weird. It kind of felt like, you know, you're walking to a party and you're like, oh, I hope this person isn't here. Like she was a little dramatic, but she's on Housewives. No, exactly. And by the way, you know, she go, they go into the event, right? And as we all know, it turns out the collaboration was with the fat Jewish. He's not there. Everything's fine. You know, it's solved. They get to the fucking dinner And one of the first thing Dorit brings up is how she felt so uncomfortable because, you know, when Sutton said walking in that she was going to freak out, Dorit didn't know what that meant. And I mean, you know, makes it into this whole thing. And to me, I was sitting here like, are you fucking serious? It it was like, we, it would have been so different had the camera and the mic not caught it because I, I was trying to imagine what I would have envisioned it to be just based on Dorit's description and it was completely different it's it was so not a big deal it was so Dorit's trying to make it like I don't know you know I thought maybe she's gonna ruin this whole party it freaked me out like 
making it a big to do when it was nothing. It was the definition of making a mountain out of a molehill. She made it to be like it was fucking Danielle seeing Kim D at the posh fashion show and Ashley was about to fucking pull her hair out or something. Exactly. exactly. I was like, and also, by the way, listen, Sutton and Dorit aren't close, but they were walking next to each other. And in that moment, when Sutton felt that overwhelming anxiety, and maybe she was overdoing it, whatever it was, she confided in the person that was quite literally the closest to her. And for, and by the way, she didn't react at all. She was totally fine during the event. For Dorit to then throw that in her face and almost embarrass her in front of Rinna, I thought was really uncalled for. Right, that's the thing. It's not like they had the fight at the party. The party is over and went smoothly. Like you already know the outcome. So that was just crazy. Um, then at the dinner, they just like, they're just a lot of fighting. And I, I, while it, yes, of course we all watch the show and we, we want to see like what they're disagreeing about. It's so hard when the actual substance of the fight is so like not a thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I can't even like get behind it. So for example, this Sutton thing or Kyle going in about Dorit's glam, when I feel like that so doesn't align with everything that she's like fought so hard for, like to compare this situation to other things that they've had the same level of fighting on the show about is just like, it's literally disrespectful to the past fights. That's exactly how I felt. Like, where is the substance? And I get it. Like, listen, I think that there's part of them that we all know that the Denise Brandy plot line is happening soon. And so we have to do some stuff to fill the time. I kind of get it. Although I do think that in the moment, you know, emotions were really high and maybe Dorit was looking to not be the one attacked. And so she was going on the defense or on the offense, whatever it was, it was bizarre. And, you know, I all, I, I have so many thoughts. I'm trying to be as concise. I know. As well. And we're doing literally the opposite. I haven't read one comment yet because let me just say a few. Or a few tweets also. Number one, um, Faces by Bravo, who's one of my favorite Bravo Instagram accounts, if you don't follow them, posted a meme of Sutton saying, let the mouse go, and an old picture of Dorit in a Halloween costume as a mouse saying the mouse. Just haha, funny. Um, which, like, let the mouse go, the whole thing. Like, they were all milking that so fucking much. Dorit's captioning it on her, like, glam shot. I just love when they take these phrases and run. It's just so good. It's so good. So Dree comments, I wish she gave me the chance to explain with the like shrugging emoji. Oh, well, that's what the reunion is for, winky face. So basically being like, I, you know, I have more to say, which is like, oh, I love, we're literally only a couple episodes in and they probably, if I was a housewife, I'd be taking so many notes of like how I'm feeling when I watch these back and what I want to say. Oh my God, I'm shocked that they don't hire some sort of a coach before to really coach them through it. It's like you have to do it like you're studying for a test. Let me tell you, I don't want to leave you, but if that was a real job, I'd be out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even fucking think about it because I think some of them would hire. Wait, can I just make one comment really quickly? Of course. What really rubbed me the wrong way about the whole Dorit Sun thing is, you know, a couple of things. First of all, Sun was clearly upset. So whether or not she was you know, it was over dramatic. Like she's not used to this dynamic and they were coming at her. And like when she started crying and was genuinely upset, the fact that Dorit didn't back off and she thought that she was fine just because she wasn't raising her voice to me was like almost capitalizing on Sutton's anxiety that she confided in you in. And you're out of line. Like, totally. and I feel like I felt her in that moment where they feel a sense of camaraderie. These are women that are all, you know, they're riding in the van there together. Like they're kind of all in this together. They're girlfriends technically. 
And she just kind of turned to her, like being like, oh my God, here's the situation. Like that just happens. It was just crazy. So I want to get, I need these tweets were like, as I, as I was screenshotting the tweets during this episode, I was literally like screaming. I was watching the TV and watching what they're tweeting. And it's like two episodes at once. If you didn't look, read through this, I cannot read through all of them because there's too much. But if you didn't look through um, the live tweet recap on comments by Bravo, it is a must read. A couple things. Kyle and Dorit are going back and forth, back and forth about the last week's situation about the glam, about how Kyle was accusing Dorit of not showing up for her obligations, which a big point that Kyle kept bringing up on Twitter, which is really true and we don't think about, is that like they can't talk about their commitment to the show while on the show and break the fourth wall. So it's, it's a point that they would want to make in their arguments, but they can't. So, you know, on top of, yeah, you want to be there for Teddy. She's also was like underlying, trying to say you also have to be here for housewives. Same thing about the glam. So like she wrote, Kyle wrote, read the glam situation. We don't address the fact that there are cameras following us. So some things are hard to explain. When we all sign up for this, we make a commitment to open our lives and show up. I had flown home from North Carolina to honor my commitment to R-H-O-B-H. I didn't get to see my family or drive Porsche to school because we had to leave our homes at 5 a.m. to meet up to all drive together to Teddy's retreat. I didn't get the coming late for glam, especially when it was an exercise and meditation retreat. So then Dorit is like firing back saying Teddy made it clear that we could come when we choose. I told the entire group I was coming late. Suddenly I'm late and not committed to my obligations. I wasn't even aware you were all traveling together and I wasn't invited. I didn't get that memo. Oh. And then it's just like a lot of back and forth with Kyle and Dorit about this, the arrival time of Teddy's retreat, which like another thing I just, we got to let it go. Um, it, it just felt like it was, for me, I felt like Kyle was fighting a battle that had nothing to do with her. Right. That Teddy you know? didn't even care about. That Teddy didn't even care about. And also like, you know, since in what world is, is someone else's glam an issue? Like, I just can't get behind that. And, you know, even, I, I don't remember if I just said this to you on the phone or if we said it on last week's podcast, but I'll repeat it anyway. This is Kyle Richards. Like, She's not an anti-glam. She's in full glam all the time. Like, that's part of her life. She's four daughters. She's a TV star. She's a glamour girl. Like, I didn't understand. It it was almost, it felt like a fight that Denise last season would have picked. I was about to say. I don't understand these women and their glam teams, like, looking down on it. But Kyle, to me, feels like, I'm like, this is like, she's one of you. I mean this with with zero negativity because I really fucking like her, but it almost seems like an argument that um, Leah from New York would be having with like, you know, Ramona or something. Yes. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. Totally. Totally. So that whole fight happened. Another really interesting thing was Kyle was accusing um, Denise of that conversations with her daughters about what they overheard at the dinner table that they felt a little bit set up and that basically that Denise was being like a big hypocrite, making such a big deal about their conversations at the dinner table, like really, you know, shaking up her kids. And she's like, I don't know. That was just really interesting too, because I feel like Kyle can watch things with such a specific eye, knowing what it's like on the other side. So for her to say it was set up and then Denise tweeted back, like it wasn't true. Ask our producers. So you know, that that's the kind of stuff that you cannot get on the show and it only can come out on Instagram and Twitter. 
I know, but I have to, I have a comment to make about that whole situation. I've, you know, listen, I felt like Denise making that big issue about the kids being there. Number one, you knew exactly what you were signing up for by putting those tables so close to each other. Since when has this group ever been, you know, PG, number one? Number two, you, if anyone, are the one that talks about this shit the most. I understand it's a little bit different feeling like, you know, when the kids are there. But to me, what this really felt like was the reason she was so upset about it was because in the back of her mind, she had the Brandy plot line that nobody else knew. And that's what she was afraid was going to come out. I think that she was afraid it was going to come around the table and it was going to get to her and say, what was your you know, experience with women? And yeah. I think that in red, you know, so then she's going on about it and making Erica feel bad and making all these things feel bad. And to a certain extent, it's like, Denise, you're supposed to be the chill one. You're get over it. Like they're going to be fine. I know that was really interesting to me. Um, any other tweets? No, just a little bit of Kyle being like, Oh, she said, in 10 years, I've not repeated things that people have said to me off camera. Some people agreed with me about Dorit, but didn't speak up at the table. Instead, saying it in the moment, I felt hurt and frustrated. Mm. And she wrote, I see what's happening here. It's going to be a rough ride for me, apparently. A lot of agendas. This ain't my first rodeo. Yeah, I, I have to say, by the way, did you see the whole argument about how people were saying, listen, Teddy's got, or Dorit was saying it, Teddy got glammed, you know, from her first season to now and when is when where was Kyle's argument for that exactly actually she tweeted hold on she wrote um Teddy upped her glam game no doubt but not every day and not for workout or coming eight hours late to get it done she just Mm -hmm. won't that I was like that she just won't back down that actually is a great transition to my one New York thing I have to say someone wrote this I really cannot remember who it was and where it was but they wrote a really good point that was if you watched New York this week, this is one quick thing. Dorinda just absolutely, in her core, hates Tinsley. And she says a lot of really mean, hurtful things to her and kind of just doesn't give a shit what she says. Like, just treats her like shit. And someone made a really interesting point that they were like, Dorinda left a mean comment and someone made a good point that was, if you watch yourself back on TV, don't you think you'd be like, ooh, I was really harsh? No. Dorinda watched and still continued to leave this comment. So it's a meme that Bravo TV posted that bros on Bravo made of like Dorinda sitting in front of this big meme of the housewives that's supposed to be a fancy piece of art. Tinsley comments, the three muses, because it's the three of them like naked in the tub. I'm going to use my Columbia University BA with major in art history to approve this masterpiece with like a bunch of emojis. Leah writes at Tinsley, go off girl. Dorinda writes... This is literally yesterday after the show had already premiered. At Tinsley Mortimer, then maybe you can actually own something one day. Heart, heart, kissy face. Just so backhanded. Like, and it just, it really made me think like they get a second chance. Like if you're shitty to someone in real life, you get the opportunity after literally watching it back for yourself to Mm -hmm. decide like how you feel or be like, oh, that does not look good. That does not sound good for me. And, and Dorinda literally continued to do it. I just thought that was so interesting. And I, I agreed with you. And I got to say, not that we're getting into New York, but like, by no means am I a Tinsley fan. Like, I just think I could take no, her early. Yeah. She does, she does I, nothing for me. I find no. Dorinda far more entertaining. But Dorinda definitely has a mean girl side that really comes out in regards to Tinsley. And I don't like that. But that being said, if we're talking strictly from entertainment purposes, I think Tinsley's got to go. Yeah. No, I so agree. She's kind of the punching bag this season, and it's just, like, sad. It's like, wouldn't you rather just not be there? Yeah, that's how um, I feel. 
Okay, very last thing. Two things really quick. Brad Goreski's TikTok imitating the Real Housewives literally is the best thing I've ever seen. If you haven't seen it, we posted it. Everyone posted it. It's fucking hilarious and genius. Mm-hmm. And um, my our Bravo comment of the week, because we have to start doing this because they are so funny, is it's actually on a Chrissy post, ironically. Chrissy posted a picture from Miles' second birthday of her and Pepper holding this huge lizard. And Tom Schwartz, who, if you remember on Vanderpump Rules, had this like lizard bearded dragon, whatever, named Dog. He had it for like a week and it died. He wrote, he commented, reminds me of Dog with a heart. And literally, I was just laughing out loud for 20 minutes and it was just so funny. And I'm sure Chrissy was dying over that too. I hope so because it was just too good to go unnoticed. Yeah, I have to. I mean, hold on. I know this is nothing to do with you because you don't watch, but I have to just make one comment while on the Bravo subject, which is I, you know, redid the whole Summer House thing. I watched the entire season. I watched the last episode and then I watched Secrets Revealed. This is not just because we are friends with Hannah Burner. I swear to you, we had her on a Patreon episode. I'm going to get her on the regular podcast, but I have to say, I think that she handled herself so beautifully throughout this entire season. And even, you know, I was kind of not paying attention when I watched the first time and I watched everything. And I even think the way she went about the Armand situation, the way she went about the Luke situation, the way that she um, handled her relationships with her friends. I just have, I said this to her, I, I like voice note her as I'm watching it. And I'm just like, I have a whole new level of respect for you because I think you ended this exactly as you are. Like knowing her, watching her on television, she's the exact same person. And I think that that's so rare. And like, Fuck yeah, Hannah. I am so proud of you. I think I, everyone, I think everyone feels that way. That's like the overwhelming response I've seen about that show. And people are so deep in on Summer House. And I just want to say a little women supporting women thing. Every night at 10 p.m. Eastern time, Paige and Hannah go live on their Instagrams. They do this thing called Giggly Squad. It's literally yeah. them doing the shit for an hour. It's great. I, I watched it. I really like Paige. I don't know her personally, but she seems like a sweetheart. And I just want you to know that Hannah Burner is such a fucking good person and I'm so proud of her for the way that she handled herself. Okay. I think we need to start watching 90 Day Fiance. Oh, don't start. Don't start with me. I, I have been. Thank you very much. Like enough though. Like it, it literally everything tw- trending on Twitter right now is about 90 Day Fiance. So maybe I'm going to go watch. And Sophie Turner watches and that's really all that matters. <laughs> okay. I love you. I'll talk to you literally the second we finish recording. Okay. I got to go post the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion part two tweets. <laughs> love That's you. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> love you. Okay. So, one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which, as we know, is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. 
Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be our mascara and lip gloss, maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy, but Honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. How was that little break for you? <laughs> you know, I love my breaks. I played your dad back in words with friends. It was so much fun. <laughs> my dad is like, very, he says, he's like, you know, me and Julie, we got four games going. <laughs> we won today, like our earlier game, which I was, I was beating him by so much. And then he won and I was so upset. He said that to me. He's like, you know, she's getting kind of good. <laughs> I, was, I was really good in that one game. I would like, I like, was, I think I was like up on him on like 60 points at one point. And then I was like, I had all of my good letters in the beginning. And then by the end, it was all just vowels. And he just, he pulled ahead. What can I say? <laughs> He's very good. I know. It's really funny watching you too. Um, I also should just let everybody know, because I think it's a fun fact that doesn't really affect anything. Every single time Isabel comes on for the Bravo thing, I don't know about, five minutes in Julie's audio just cuts out and she she has to text me so that happens and I I just am saying that to say that the show must go on right the the audio thing is my audio hates my audio gets jealous when Isabel comes on it's like my audio is third person envy yeah it does no I can't even talk about your audio because the only thing I can think about is the Drew Scott situation which I think we said on the Drew Scott situation even Justin was like equally as stressful for me Drew Scott was next level and fucking nicest guy could not have been kinder about it. But Julie, (laughs) it's so stressful. It's the only like part of me that like misses being in a studio. Yeah. Let me tell mind doing it at home. And I think that we have figured out such a good dynamic and doing it here like this, but goddamn, it's really nice when you're in a studio when even if something goes wrong, you know that it's in no way your fault. You know that the Drew Scott situation was fucked when after he literally had to send me the link to the recording equipment he uses just because of how stressed he could tell that we were. Yeah. Oh my God. No, we were like panicking. Yeah. And um, I- you know what I'm now realizing is funny is that we never fully explained that to anybody else. We just put it on a Patreon episode. 
I was about to say, was that Patreon or regular? Patreon. Oh. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, basically when we did the Drew Scott interview, it was the most stressful audio situation we've ever had. And then the end ended up being totally fine. He was the nicest guy. Couldn't have been more chill about it. But basically 10 seconds before we were about to start, everything crashed. Like to the point where I had to go on to him and be like, hey, he's like, you want me to record it? Like just in case. And he did just in case. And he really calmed us, but it was very unprofessional of us, which like doesn't happen. But very uncalm. It wasn't our fault. Like it just, I, I don't know what happened. Anyway. No, it wasn't. It just, it happens. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the award ceremony. We didn't even have two nominees for each category because it was pretty straightforward. There weren't that many comments this week. And you know, we don't like to give out awards when they're not, they're not deserved, Rachel. Exactly. Funniest comment of the week goes to Rihanna. So she posted um, a, a new video for Fenty and someone comments, where's the album? And she responds, I lost it. <laughs> like at this point, she's yeah, just saying right. random things. Like It's like, kind of like my dog ate it, you know? There was also somebody that commented was like, you know what? Don't release it. And she replied and she was like, this is it, guys. This is it, Navy. This is why you don't have an album because this one guy said not to release it. <laughs> she just has fun fucking around, which just makes me like her even more. I love her. There's nothing, there's like no amount of up that I can go in terms of liking Rihanna. It's, it's, it's peaked. There's, I just, I can't, I love her. For best clapback, I want to say full disclosure, I'm not sure if we're going to post this one on our story because I haven't fully decided if I think it's a clapback, but it goes in that category. So Courtney posted a picture of herself laying down and someone comments, she's pregnant with two celebratory emojis. And she responds, this is me when I have a few extra pounds on and I actually love it. I've given birth three amazing times and this is the shape of my body. I mean... I mean, the fact that somebody thought she was pregnant from that was probably the craziest experience of my whole life. There's just like so much here that I don't even want to get into. You know how I feel about this. Until that fucking baby is coming out of the woman's vagina or being cut out of her stomach, there's absolutely no world in which you need to speculate her pregnancy to her. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if if you haven't heard about it at all and you're going to be the first one to say it, Jesus Christ, just don't. Right. I'm not talking about like a Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner situation when clearly the case. I'm talking like... I, oh, I I think I've told you about one of the most traumatic experiences of my life, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, oh. I'm sure you have as you start to tell it, but I just don't remember it off the top of my head. I was probably eight years old and my mom, who was like the most self-aware, classy woman, we were on the sidelines of my soccer game, which like the fact that I played soccer, what? And- I did too. <laughs> what? And we're standing with this yeah, mom. After. And my mom puts- her hand on this woman's stomach and she looks at her and she's like, oh, look at you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and my dad and me, and the woman had no idea. She was like, huh? And my dad fully froze. It would, it, to this day, we still will mark that down. Me and my dad talk about it because it was so traumatizing. I can't believe, I thought you were going to say that you did something. No, my mom did it, which was even worse because like, I was so out of character for her, but she really thought, and listen, in her defense, like I could understand why she would think it, but she learned from that day. She was like, I don't know what got into me. I was just, she's like, I was sure. And then my mom's like, I created this whole thing in my head that they had been trying. Like, you know, (laughs) yeah. Oh my God. That's so, it's so on brand and so off brand. Like it's so off brand that she did that, but it's so on brand that she'd be like, oh my God, look at you. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. Anyway. Okay. Moving on to the Kardashian recap. I want to just tell you guys, it's messy. Like, there's a lot of details here. I can't tell you that we're going to be able to explain this with as much clarity as we'd like to, because a lot of shit went on. It's, yeah. I, I think also the issue when information is given like this is that it's so 
it's not like there's one news source that's reporting on it. It's not like E! News put it all into an article or Cosmo or whatever. It's like we're getting bits and pieces from Instagram stories, from texts that are being posted. Like It's really hard to have a very concise understanding of what's actually happening or what they're trying to get across. Yeah. So what we're discussing here is drama with Tristan and his alleged baby mama. So model Kimberly Alexander basically accused Tristan of being the father of her four-year-old son. Keep in mind, she has another son who's eight. And what had happened was he apparently took a paternity test. It came back negative. She claims that he took the test only at home and could have then falsified the test. Since all of this came out, Tristan and Chloe have sent her a cease and desist letter. She fully disregarded the notice and she's kind of continued to publicly call out Tristan for being the father. She also, you know, accused Tristan of lying about the timeline of their relationship and has been posting a series of messy kind of conversations. Is that fair to say? Yes. So I'm going to read you a series of three things. The first is the caption of her Instagram, which is a picture of herself. And the caption read, and by the way, her Instagram is kimkakery305. I'm extremely upset with LB genetic DNA testing with the fact that they're trying to sabotage a DNA test with Tristan Thompson regarding my son that he has been neglecting since birth. I know for sure that Tristan Thompson is the father of my child. With just one simple search of the DNA testing facility, you see multiple reports of the Kardashians, how they're trusted by them, and how they as well use that facility. I already had a sketchy feeling about going to a testing facility with Dr. Taddy. This shit just ain't right, but second test is going to happen. Hashtag bloom firm ASAP. So the next thing that I wanted to read was her Insta story, which was a screenshot of the TMZ article that said, Tristan Thompson, woman claiming paternity test is old one-time hookup before his Chloe days. Basically, this article saying that, you know, yes, they did have sex, but nothing, you know, totally kind of um, denying what she was saying. And she posted it and wrote, I'm convinced that the Kardashian clan pays off TMZ. Tristan, we all know it wasn't a one-night stand. Come clean, baby daddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, the confusion here is mm-hmm. that, like, why all of a sudden is this coming out? I don't know. I mean, that's not my only confusion. Obviously, I have levels of confusion on everything that's been done, but I don't know what to think. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a weird position being put in when, like, the person she's accusing is Tristan, where it's, like, your first instinct is to be like, oh, my God, Tristan is so goddamn messy. Like, how did he do this again? Or, like, what is wrong with him? But also, like, I, I, I don't know what to think. I don't know who to believe here. Yeah, well, I just don't think that we have enough information. You know, no, we definitely don't. Because basically, what happened is, you know, of course, Chloe and, and Tristan were upset by this story. I guess, and I guess Chloe is believing him. Um, and they haven't spoken about their relationship, you know, the Kardashians' relationship with this DNA testing facility. Although I have to, like, if I'm just speaking very broadly, clearly I don't know the details. Like, I don't see a world in which a highly reputable testing facility is like siding with the Kardashians and falsifying information. Like that, that to me just like for, for this woman, I I totally, you know, her argument fine, but like that's, that one didn't ring true for me. Like these medical practices are not sacrificing their credibility because the Kardashians endorse them. Like, exactly. There's just no way. Yeah. So people kind of really, I think came at Chloe in a way, right? Yeah, people, well, first of all, the thing with Chloe that's interesting is that, and this was my first thought, honestly, in all of this, is that I find it so crazy that the cease and desist came from Chloe and Tristan. Why does Chloe have any peace in that cease and desist order? Um, 
I don't know, maybe it's because it was causing turmoil. Like she could argue that it was causing, you know, harm to her child because of the, I don't know. Like, shouldn't it just be something that Tristan issues on his own? Mm-hmm. It, that, that to me was interesting. So while all of this is happening, the other story that's circulating is the fact that there are all of these pregnancy rumors about Chloe. And the third thing that I wanted to read was a series of her tweets. And they seemingly are coming at the people that are claiming that she's pregnant and kind of really shitting on her for getting pregnant again with Tristan. However, it's unclear if some of this aggression is mixed in with the whole situation with his alleged baby mama. Like she wasn't fully clear. So keep in mind while I'm reading these, I think that she was mostly coming at the people that were kind of shitting on her for if the fact that she was pregnant with Tristan's kid is true, but there's could be some stuff mixed in about the woman, right? Yeah, that's what I, that was the impression that I got. So she tweets, funny how picky and choosy some can be with who, with who and how you feel others should live their lives. I believe people should focus on their own lives and families, put energy into bettering the scary world we're currently living in and try projecting positivity as opposed to nastiness. The nasty things you're saying about me over a rumor. I've seen so many hurtful and despicable stories and tweets about me over a false story. And if it were true, it's my life, not yours. I don't go on social platforms much these days. And this is one of the main reasons as to why I stay away. The sick and hurtful things people say. I'm disgusted by so many things I'm seeing. Shaking my head, people swear they know everything about me, including my uterus. Sick. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, can I, okay, I have so much to say. Can I first start by saying, yeah, no, no. to the people that were coming at her for, you know, assuming that she was pregnant and then like shitting on her for doing it with Tristan, have you not been watching Keeping Up? Right. Like, I mean, I guess they haven't. Right, I guess they haven't. <laughs> like, It's hard, Julie, because I think for the, like, I think there are some people that just like really hate the Kardashians, want Chloe to look as stupid as possible or getting off on this, want to come at her. And then there's the people like us who like really love her and really respect her and really care for her. And so if she's happy, we're happy. That being said, of course, we have this thing towards Tristan that like makes us upset when she's with him. But at the end of the day, we can accept that like it's her life and she knows what's best for herself, right? Right. But I think that like, it's so especially coming from her who has been so transparent with the audience about the fertility journey and about being very open that there's a chance that she would, you know, become impregnate, impregnated with his sperm that like she's all of a sudden getting this backlash for something that one, isn't true. And two, she's been open about. Right. Like, it's not like it would have come out of nowhere. It's not like they're, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're back together. It doesn't mean that they're not also is an important point to make, but the, the whole season of the Kardashians and every news story that's been out about Chloe has been about the possibility of them having another child together. And yeah. it's just a really like, it's a really crazy situation with Chloe and Tristan because on one hand it's like, it's her life. Like as, as much as we disagree with the actions, if she's going to choose to get back to, with Tristan, like that's her decision to make. But I do understand on the other hand where it's like, if you put yourself in a position where you're supposed to be empowering other women and you're supposed to be leading the way and leading by example, then it is a really sticky situation to get yourself into. And it's a really like not a great look to be putting out, even though it is your life and your decision to make. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a very double-edged sword. The whole thing is, it just gets so messy because it's like, you know, and then you bring in this, this other woman in these whole accusations, like it's not easy to just dismiss it as if, you know, as if he's this stand up guy and you can't believe anything, you know, someone just coming for him for whatever reason, like 
we know for a fact he is a lying, manipulative asshole. And it's also scary to hear Chloe, like, it's like when Chloe goes to bat for him, like my biggest fear is that it comes out in a month that this really is his kid. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the thing with Tristan is you just never know. But yeah, I mean, I think that Chloe's going to do what she has to do for the sake of her family, whether her and Tristan are together or not. And I think that if that means believing Tristan in this moment, then I think that's what she has to do. And if she comes out looking stupid in the end, then it's just, it's another reason she has to not be able to trust him, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I just love Chloe. I don't know. It hits harder with her than with any of the other ones. I'm not, I don't feel ever as affected. Yeah, no, I so agree. Because I think that, yeah, I, I agree. I don't even know why I feel that way. I think with the other ones, I just trust, it's not that I don't trust Chloe. That's not the right word. It's just that like, I feel like Chloe's been through so much more than the others that I'd love to see her come out the other side and be okay. Mm-hmm. And I just think that everything that constantly happens with Tristan is preventing that growth. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I really, I don't know, but you know, this woman ignoring, one thing that I will say is the last thing you want to do is mess with the Kardashian-Jenner's legal team. And so like, I don't know what's going to come out from that because she didn't respect the cease and desist which like is totally her call I'm not saying that that was right or wrong I just don't know what happens then no I don't know either yeah and by the way the other argument is like she can speak as much as she wants she believes it what are they sending a cease and desist about it's not it's not defamation she's explaining that she genuinely thinks that it's the father so like I don't know where that falls no I I I honestly I don't know either you're 100% right yeah okay the last thing that we wanted to talk about in the Kardashian world, or one of the last things, it's small, but we really wanted to talk about this because we need this to be a group effort. Okay. So like all of you listening, put on your thinking caps and let's dive into this. Okay. <laughs> Julia, I just said thinking caps. Okay. Teacher. Like, what do you mean? What are we supposed to dive into? Like literally <laughs> do not listen to her. Don't even dive into it. Like no one knows what Larsa's saying ever. So someone tweets, it was a whole thread about the Kardashians. Someone tweets, don't forget about Larsa Pippen bullying and trashing Jordan's name so bad that Kim had to tell her to stop. They're honestly the worst. Larsa quote tweets this and says, I never trashed her. All I said is tell the truth. That's it. If your dog attacks someone, it's your dog's fault, not the person walking by, period. No one knows what that means. That's like the worst analogy ever. My question to you all is what the fuck is on? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thank you, Caps on. What the fuck is she talking about? What is this analogy supposed to mean? Is she referring to Jordan being the 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 innocent passerby and Tristan is the dog? Is she referring to herself being the innocent passerby and the paparazzi who were attacking her, asking for an explanation on Jordan, and that's when she started kind of coming for her and Kim had to reel her in? Like, what is going on here? And also, can she just not? Also, by the way, it wasn't even that she was like trashing Jordan so badly that Kim had to tell her to stop. It was that she was trashing Jordan for her own clout. Like she was building herself up to be like, to make it seem like she was the number one Kardashian best friend. And everyone saw right through that. When you're in the inner circle, you're supposed to be the people that they are confiding in, right? And you're now going out trying to seek publicity or like being very happy about the publicity that you're getting from people wanting your opinion on this situation. Like, it just is such a terrible look. Such a bad look. 
Such a bad look. I mean, I don't know. I have, I mean, there's probably no one that I have more thoughts on than Larsa. And to be perfectly honest, I don't even feel like any of them are worth saying. Like, I feel like she's just the type of person that isn't worth having like a plethora of opinions about. I totally agree. Cause I don't have any, like, I wish her the best, the whole nine, whatever, but like, I just have nothing for her. I've never gotten it. I'll never get it. I, I, I don't, I'm just confused. Although she has a new fitness app and good for her. Like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I I'm really, especially, especially when I look at the rest of their circles, which is probably the reason, I mean, you know, they, most of them unfollowed her. Like, I think she's only just following Courtney still. It's messy. Something must've gone down there. I don't know what it is, but I will say the Kardashians don't typically recycle friends. Like they they really keep their. Yeah. They keep their, their people tight. Yeah. And like, she's just no Allison Statter. She's no Malika. No. No, she's no Malika. And we know that for a fact. Know that for damn sure. Um, anything else that you wanted to mention in Kardashian recap? I know we talked about Stormy in the other show. I can't handle Stormy. No, I never, I can't, I want to adopt her. No, and like, so, like, I can't even wish that for her because it would be such a step down that it would be like falling off of a cliff. No, but like, no. I, I can't. I've never, like, I literally love her. And she is the cutest thing in the entire world. That would be a traumatic experience for her. Yeah, we <laughs> would not do well in Connecticut. Yeah, no, no, no. Stormy uh, would hate Connecticut. Yeah, Stormy would fucking hate Connecticut. Even if I brought her to Greenwich, she still wouldn't be too chill with it. No, Westport, Greenwich, forget about it. She's fucking Julie. She's she's in what the twenty six and a half million dollar house right now. I can't. I cannot believe how good she is. She's just so fucking cute. I also, also like, by the way, I want every single celebrity. I never get sick of them. Every single celebrity do that candy challenge with their kids. I, oh my, did I tell you that I asked my cousin to do it? Oh my God. Did she, is, is she going to do it? She's going to do it. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, I also wanted to say one last thing about the Eminem video. I want to publicly and proudly shut down this conspiracy theory that someone was in the corner telling Stormy not to eat them. She, the reason that she was looking off is because she was, <laughs> I'm Stormy's lawyer, by the way. Okay. Are you Stormy's publicist and you didn't tell me? I'm, I'm her lawyer. Yes. She was looking at the TV presumably because trolls or something else was on. There was not somebody in the corner. (laughs) No, there was not somebody in the corner coaching her. And quite frankly, I actually think it's rude that people are insulting her intelligence like that. She pulled patients out of her brain in full, complete context because she's just that smart of a two-year-old. And I don't need this random conspiracy theory floating. No, she is just, she just pulled patients out. Also, she was looking like to see if Kylie was going to come back. Mm-hmm. There was no one coaching her. Like, that's such a ridiculous thing. Did you? Yeah. I haven't heard that a lot. I saw it just in the Facebook group. No, I saw it on Twitter also. Wow. People are crazy. People try to tear Stormy down. That's not right. Yeah, not on our fucking watch. No, no way. No. Um, what? Not happening. No. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. You know what I actually do want to talk about that we haven't spoken about at all is like all of the reports about Kim and Kanye coming out. Oh, what do you think? I'll tell you what I think. I think that first of all, well, tell everybody what the reports what are. What the reports are is that Kim and Kanye are having marital issues amid, um, amid isolation, amid coronavirus, quarantine, whatever, and that apparently, I don't know, Kanye isn't helping out as much with the kids as Kim would want. Whatever. Here's my thoughts. The only people who know what's going on in that house is like them and their inner circle and their inner circle isn't speaking about that. Like they're not, Kim knows who she's talking to about what's going on in the house and they're not running to TMZ. So a, I just think that like, if you think that you know the details of what's happening, there's just simply no way. And B, I think that it is awfully bold of people to 
talk about other people's marital issues in quarantine because if you're not going crazy with your spouse, I think that there's actually something wrong. I think everybody's going crazy. Yeah. I think it is a very unfair time to judge someone else's marriage. I totally agree. I also think like, I'm not saying that there's no legitimacy there. I can't speak to that. Right. You, know, you know that I've always had my speculations, although I know between the two of us, I'm like, I'm, on, I'm the odd one out there. But I definitely, like nothing that's being said makes me think, but I don't believe it for a second. Because like you said, who's she talking to about it that's talking to anyone? It's not like they've been seen, you know? Right. It's not like I think it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. That's not what I'm saying. There could absolutely be truth to it on some level. But what I mean is that like, where, where's your source? Like we know who their inner circle is and we know they're not speaking. And I hardly think that Kim is texting like a couple of her random friends that she's not close with, like her deepest, darkest issues with Kanye. Yeah. Like fucking Kanye didn't even put Chicago to bed. Right. Like, uh, remember when Kanye did put Chicago to bed that one time though? I'll never forget. that's all all I had to say I just felt like it was just like literally if you're not going crazy quarantine being with one person constantly and a bunch of kids under the age of six then like good for you yeah no for sure I'm glad you got that out I like when you say what's on your mind thank you it doesn't happen often (laughs) anything else no that's it that's my conclusion okay so you guys know, we'll see you on Thursday for the Kardashian bonus show, season one, episode three. I cannot wait. I highly recommend listening to our episode from last week. I really would love you all on this journey with us because it's really fucking fun to do it. And I love you all so much. I, I really, I know I've been saying it every week because I really feel it. I feel it more than ever during quarantine. Like, I know we don't all know each other, but I feel like we do. And we get so many DMs being like, I feel like you guys are my friends. Like, I feel like you guys are our friends. Like, Julie and I will have conversations like, oh my God, we have to tell them. Like, them is just general, right? Like, them, quote, is just this general population of like thousands of people that we feel like are our friends. So it's really mutual. And we're fucking in it with you guys. And we just love you. And I hope everybody is staying as sane as they possibly can. And we will see you on Thursday. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.